Is ivermectin a horse dewormer or a Nobel Prize winning medicine? It's both. So yes, for all of you people out there who've heard that uh, it's a horse dewormer, yes, ivermectin is actually a horse dewormer. It is also a uh, treatment for infection for cattle and swine as well. So it's also that as well. Um, gosh, I guess we can add uh, sheep and uh, ostriches to that as well. So that's what ivermectin can be used for. Absolutely correct. It is used as an animal treatment. It's also used as a human medicine. Ivermectin has been used over 4 billion times. That's how many doses have been distributed over many, many decades. And it's used for a wide variety of treatments. In fact, it is so successful at what it does that it won the Nobel Prize in 2015. And here even is Merck congratulating the awardees of the 2015 Nobel Prize in Physiology. That was Dr. William C. Campbell and Dr. Omura from Japan. And they shared the Nobel Prize because it's an amazing compound. So it's actually both now. Let's turn now to this other idea, though, that, hey, you know what? It's actually a little confusing. There's nuance because lots of medicines are used in both humans and animals. We can see that aspirin is used in dogs and cats and many other animals. Erythromycin, clindamycin. If you ever uh, get a tooth infection, you're probably going to get clindamycin. So it's not a sufficient argument for somebody to say. It's not even logical. It's not even a valid argument for somebody to say, oh, it's a horse dewormer. So therefore, dot, dot, dot. Therefore, nothing. Um, we use lots of medicines in both animals and humans. So that's the state of uh, what we know about ivermectin in terms of its use in animals and humans. What about, is it safe? Is it safe? That's a really important question. Is ivermectin safe? Answer? Yes, it absolutely is. Let me go into that very quickly. There was this beautiful research paper, a review paper by Jacques Decote, a world prominent toxicologist. He reviewed 500 sources and papers and came to this conclusion about ivermectin down in pink down at the bottom so that ivermectin human toxicity cannot be claimed to be a serious source of concern. It's an extremely safe, extremely well-tolerated drug in this paper, looked at all sorts of things like drug-drug interactions. Have there been any serious adverse events? In fact, all the side effects noted to date were mild or moderate, but not serious. That's going to be important. We'll get to that why in just a second. So then we look across the state of the world. Is it effective, though? Is ivermectin effective? And there's lots of data to say, yeah, there's a signal there. Um, and get my drawing tool out here really quickly. So we see here, this is by Thomas J. Barodi is the uh, final, the last author on this paper. That's the signature spot to be on in a paper. Also, we got Sabine Hazan in here. A lot of very, very famous people here in the world of um, gut biome and gut health. Thomas Barodi is this gentleman down here. He is the uh, inventor of the triple combo therapy to treat peptic ulcers, which used to be you would get a proton blocker. Now you get an antibiotic because he was one of the people who helped uh, resolve how to treat that very, very famous guy. Writing here, they say ivermectin is safe. It's an expensive and an effective way early COVID-19 treatment. This is what they're saying in this paper, validated in 20 plus randomized controlled trials. That's what RCT is up here. They say they trialed a novel combination therapy comprising of ivermectin, doxycycline, zinc, and vitamin C and D, and it was highly effective all subjects resolved symptoms in 11 days on average. Oxygen saturation improved in 24 hours. Hospitalizations and deaths were significantly fewer than in background match controls. So, yeah, there's a signal there that says it's safe and effective. That's what the data is saying. 
So this person here, Dr. Tro, uh, just want to point something out. He wrote here, the problem with ivermectin, he writes here in a tweet, is that only about 16 trials were actually registered and resulted of which about six were inconclusive or negative. Uh, the other way to look at that is 10 were not inconclusive or negative. They were positive. That's a lot of data. And why is that important? Because this person, uh, Kelly Victory, Dr. Kelly Victory, wrote, we have never relied on trials at a time of crisis. Once a drug is known to be safe, clearly the case with IVM, which is FDA approved for decades, then why demand studies to prove efficacy before trying it? Those using it have, been, have seen remarkable results. Time to prove is later. And that's a very interesting and logical point. So I put that into a matrix, which looks like this. This is your ivermectin decision matrix. There's only two axes on this. You either give it to a patient with COVID-19 or you don't. You don't give it to them. Hey, and either it works and is safe or it doesn't work, but it's still safe. Let's imagine we were in this top box. We gave it and it worked and it was safe. There we see a clear benefit. What if we gave it to the patient, but it didn't work? Well, it was still safe, so that's a neutral outcome. No harm resulted. What if we didn't give it to the patient, though, and it worked and was safe? Well, now it's harm. That's an actual harm box right there. And what if it didn't work, but it was safe, but we didn't give it to the patient? Well, NA, not, not applicable. Nothing happened there. So that's the entire matrix. So if you think it through, it's very clear that the only logical choice based on the safety alone, even leaving aside efficacy, is you would give it because it's very, very safe, exceedingly well-tolerated drug. And so this is the only axis that makes sense logically. You would give it in a clinical setting. That's what the logic says. Now let's contrast that, though, with remdesivir. Remdesivir, you've heard about. It's antiviral. It's FDA approved. It's used almost everywhere in the United States. If somebody goes to uh, an ICU or the hospital with an advanced case of COVID, odds are pretty strong that they're going to get remdesivir, uh, the Gilead substance. Now, way back in April of 2020, which is a forever ago amount of time, um, they noted here that remdesivir is a broad spectrum antiviral originally developed to treat Ebola, but didn't work. Uh, it actually didn't work for Ebola. Notice down here they say about 25% of patients receiving remdesivir have severe side effects. Not mild, not moderate, severe, including multiple organ dysfunction syndrome, which is very fatal quite often. Septic shock, very fatal quite often. Acute kidney injury and low blood pressure and another 23% demonstrated evidence of liver damage on lab tests. Here's how many people have demonstrated any of those side effects on ivermectin so far. So the safety profiles aren't even remotely comparable. As well, it was all the way back in November of 2020 that the WHO recommended against the use of remdesivir in COVID-19 patients because the data did not support it. And we're getting more evidence that remdesivir, and in this case, hydroxychloroquine, not effective against COVID-19. This is published in July. So you would think with that overwhelming evidence, when you go to the NIH treatment guidelines, because that's what people say when they say about it, ivermectin, like, well, it's not FDA approved, and the NIH hasn't approved it. So what does the FDA and NIH approve? Well, in this case, this was pulled today, which is September 16th. I pulled this. This was last updated on July 8th. This is antiviral drugs that are approved or under evaluation for the treatment of COVID-19 
Remdesivir is the only FDA-approved drug for the treatment of COVID-19 in the antiviral class right now. It's the only one, and it's still approved, even though long time ago, the WHO and others determined that it didn't work, and it's got a really lousy safety profile. And then when you go to the NIH treatment guidelines, which hospitals rely on, doctors rely on, they say, listen, I really have to follow the NIH treatment guidelines. We find here, and this is last updated August 25th, 2021, this is well after the remdesivir data came in strong. This it doesn't work. And it's got a lot of really bad side effects. We find that if you are hospitalized and you require supplemental oxygen and you go to the hospital, you're going to get remdesivir. That's what they've put right up here. It's remdesivir is still the approved treatment, even though we have lots of data that says doesn't work and it's harmful. And we contrast that with ivermectin where we run through a giant tox screen of over 500 papers and we can't find anything but mild or moderate. No kidney damage, no liver damage, no multi-organ syndrome, um, failure syndrome, any of that stuff. So when we put all of that together, what do you get? Here's the summary of ivermectin. It's both a human and a veterinary medicine. It's extremely safe. It's very well tolerated, at least clinically. Side effects are mild, at most moderate. It's, most of those are in people who have active worm infestations. It's vastly safer than remdesivir, which the FDA very rapidly approved and is left on the approved list, uh, despite uh, lots of data coming in saying not effective and causes harm. And there's enough of a signal of effectiveness that the burden of proof is more rightly upon those who would say to limit its use. We can't use it clinically. They have to prove and say why. Because when you have a drug that's very, very safe, the burden of saying why you shouldn't use it now is suddenly on you rather than the other way around. And finally, the logic says its use is actually the rational and compassionate decision According to this matrix right here, if anybody can argue against this decision matrix, I'd be very interested to hear that. I scour the data all the time. And if you want to follow this story and more like it, come to that website you see down over there, peakprosperity.com. That's where I hang out and talk about things like this with our incredible and expanding tribe of people who are interested in context, data, the truth, and having an open, free, and fair conversations. Thank you for listening. 